Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unwelcomable Podcast. And I, a special show to you for you tonight. James Lindsay's here. How you doing, brother? How's it going? I'm good. I'm I, good. I thought you were dead. Well, I am dead. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I saw again yesterday that I'm dead. Some smartass on Twitter said, I don't even know what it was about. I just saw a screenshot somebody sent me and it said, you know, well, we should see what cultural critic James Lindsay would say about this, oh, yeah, I you know, that. controversial topic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just showed a screenshot of my account being suspended. Like that's like that matters. Like, dude, you don't even see me anymore. You think I'm dead. You don't know what I'm doing. Like, ha right. ha. Right. Well, and uh, the, the places I see you is you're much bigger places than Twitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you're uh, rubbing elbows with some real people. So uh, it sounds like some real, real people. Yeah. They're not just real, real people on Twitter. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I've turned their attention. I've turned their gaze since I'm talking to you. I'll tell you, I've turned some of their gazes directly on Oklahoma. Really? And so, yeah. Really? Very oh, okay. scandalous. Very juicy conversations. Oh, well, that, yeah. that I, I'm really glad that that is happening because, as you know, um, we have, it seems like a whole bunch of Republicans here just wanting to green light $1.8 billion, you know, for what I'm calling, you know, gender surgery infrastructure. And so it's, a, as you saw when you were here uh, the two times, there's some there's some crazy stuff going on in Oklahoma that you wouldn't think is going on. And, and, and so I'd like to know what you're telling these people and, uh, and what, what, maybe what you tell them about what you saw here in Oklahoma. Well, um, so Oklahoma is a very disappointing state. I'll start with that. I had such high hopes for it. I've enjoyed my time in Oklahoma so much. Um, and it's just letting me down kind of consistently. Uh, I will throw, we were talking before we started Idaho and Utah, also disappointing states. Of course, Utah is less surprising. Um, Kevin in the governor's office hasn't come out with his pronouns yet, like Spencer Cox, he, him did in Utah. But, um, you know, it's a matter of time, uh, I guess. No, (laughs) no, so, you know, I've been getting around. I've been talking to people. Actually, in a lot of the public talks I've been giving, I would bring up my conversation I had with Joe Harris at University of Oklahoma. And that whole thing where I spilled the whole thing for explaining to him what DEI is, spent 10, 15 minutes explaining it. And then he got his politician smile on his face and he said, well, we just want to make a campus where everybody feels like they belong. And I was like, damn it, Joe. Um, and I tell that story a lot and I actually use it to indicate that there are, I don't know if Joe's a bad guy or not. I don't get the impression that he's a bad guy. He's a bit of a politician as you would have mm-hmm. to, be to be in that position. Uh, but I get the impression just to kind of save him a little uh, a little malice or whatever, that he's under massive pressures, that this is a bigger and uglier thing. And there's a lot of money involved and a lot of people's careers are on the line if they don't do what the money says to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Oklahoma going to the SEC. So, you know, recently a lot of people saw that I met with Steve Ben and I keyed him on all this. He's like, what, the Sooners? And I was like, oh, bro. Yeah. And so I started talking about, you know, when the last time I was in Oklahoma, we were going through the data with the legislature, with the cabinet of the state. Like, look, they're hiring a new DEI dean at the college every, on average, two and a half, three days. Like yeah. hundreds of them then in the end are going to be hired. And these are what, 150,000 plus benefits positions. So quarter million a year expenditure out of university and or state budget. Um so that they can satisfy whatever ESG criteria they have to satisfy in order to make the SEC happy, to make sure that they can keep the pension funds, you know, in BlackRock approved uh, accounts or or index funds or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, dude, Oklahoma, you know, you think that Oklahoma could fight. And now just watching with it bending over to the sustainability narrative with like, you guys are an oil and natural gas state. Are you out of your friggin' minds? Like, What are you thinking? Do you not well, realize? Did you like, see, what are you going to do? We windmills? Uh, well, did you see um, the the Blazes article on Governor Stitt? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, even I, I mean, I knew he was going that direction. I've heard him say stuff that isn't in print. But, I mean, he's just straight up admitted it. It's like, yeah, you know, 2030. I'm, it's like, yeah, there's 2030. Well just, I'm like, you might as well just put the WEF right on your head. Like, I, I, I don't get it. And and people are here around here are just like yeah you know it's not a big deal we need to make sure he wins the election, you know and it's like I would rather at this point and and I and I 
I might get in trouble for saying this, but it would almost be preferable to have a Democrat. At least you know what they're going for. You know, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me because there's so much. And, I, and I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt. And with this situation, with this gender, he has the he has the option right now of extending the special session and pushing the legislature to vote to make this criminal criminal in the, in the state. But it seems to me that even the most stalwart Republicans in the House and the Senate don't want to attach a criminal charge to it. And I don't know how you enforce this kind of thing without saying, hey, if you perform this surgery, doctors, we're going to put you in jail. You know, it doesn't seem to make any sense. But yeah, I mean, they're sacrificing children. Yeah. And uh, the this this is going to come to a head and it's going to be a question of who's leading and who's following and who's failing on the issue. And, um, you know, I, again, I wish I could say, you know, I had a lot of hope for Oklahoma, but Oklahoma has just been a disappointing state to me just repeatedly. It's just, you know, I would love to come back and see all you guys. And I, again, I just love my time when I've been there and it's yeah. like, I kind of don't want to come back. Like, yeah, not like, screw well, what's you the guys. purpose I'm going in home, it? but it's like, What's yeah? Why I have I have other things to do. Like you guys are, you guys are just like uh, it's like a Three Stooges skit over here. Well, and um, I tell I tell you, it pissed me off when they brought when when you when you came in because we had you know I call them handlers. You know, it's like they shuffle you off to this little meeting. Not to mention you make great people and they appreciate what you did and your word got out. But what then when you leave, it's like well you know we brought in James Lindsay, so anything we do is you know kind of certified. You get the the, the stamp of approval, so to speak. And one of those things, which you have been, uh, one of the many things you've been right about, uh, was SEL, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and and Lindsay was let, right. let me just I was more that, right than I thought I was. I just saw I know. other stuff, this UNICEF right. stuff. No, not UNICEF. Uh, UNESCO. Um, UNESCO. Yeah. So, I mean, they're both United Nations, so whatever, but yeah, UNESCO stuff, the, this new article that they just dropped where they, they basically, dropped all the pretense and they said the SEL, the main purpose is to achieve the sustainable development goals of agenda 2030 for the United Nations. That's a nice transformation that they're doing. It's not about getting people to be more resilient or deal with their emotional issues or be more friendly. Nope. It's about achieving the uh, agenda 2030 sustainable development goals, 17 goals to transform our world. They tell us very Marxist, but, but did you know that Marx identified 17 contradictions in capitalism, by the way, and that Paulo Freire said really? it's 17 generative themes that will conscientize somebody isn't that weird that there's 17 sustainable development goals too isn't that weird just <laughs> yeah, a little just a tangential just a just, little tangential point yeah. here um you know not like that number would be magical society numbers like that they intentionally signed the constitution on september 17th or that the russian revolution was in 1917 or that the or freemasons the golden, were established golden... in 1717 or any of this kind <laughs> or, of stuff it's the golden uh, mean to twenty, yeah. you know, I mean, so anyway, yeah. Anyway, but they said that the point of the social and emotional part of the social emotional learning is to help the children manage their cognitive dissonance as they're introduced into a sustainable development goal driven agenda, because the goals can be inherently self contradictory. How Marxist is that too? And so what you have to do is teach them to manage the fact or to suppress the fact that they're experiencing cognitive dissonance, that they're being given contradictory instructions, and that is one of the major purposes, says UNESCO. Recently, that like this month, major purposes of SEL and they're pushing for SEL. Now, meanwhile, I'm reading for a podcast. I don't know if you I haven't started putting these out yet. I'm a little backed up. I don't know if you even know about this document. Uh, I don't know if I sent it to you. UNESCO, this was published earlier this year. It doesn't have a month or a date on it. It just says that it was okay. early in 2022. Knowledge-Driven Actions, Transforming Higher Education for Global Sustainability. It's own 100-page document UNESCO put out about saying that all higher education institutions, not just colleges, not just universities, mm -hmm. but all higher education uh, institutions in the world. So that includes law schools, professional schools, medical schools. I assume maybe even trade schools. I don't know. It doesn't actually define what all the higher education institutions might be. All mm. of them in the world are supposed to be very, in very short order dedicated to revamping their entire vision. All of their, it says that they have to rewrite their mission statements, right? Hmm. Rewrite their mission statements to achieve the sustainable development goals of, of Agenda 2030 for the United Nations. Now, since oh, I'm talking man. to you, let me find it actually in their executive summary because I'm talking to an Oklahoman who has an Oklahoman yes. audience. Yes. And I, there, there is a point right here, right? 
So there, it says the following three specific recommendations. This is right at the end of the executive summary, but it's throughout later in the document as well. Um, the following three, I'm only going to read uh, two of them for the, well, no, I'll read all three of them. The following three specific recommendations for higher education institutions merit inclusion in this summary. One, to anchor and monitor sustainability activities in higher education institution governance structures. Higher education institutions should consider establishing the post of chief sustainability or SDG officer and or a sustainability committee at the top level. Well, of course, more political officers. DEI uh -huh. is not enough. ESG is not enough. Now you got to have a sustainability SDG officer too, or okay. multiple of them, or maybe one per college. Who knows? One every well, three Well, that's what days. they're doing with DEI now. Every college at OU has a, has a DEI dean. It's a, now listen it's to going this way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then listen to what this this officer is supposed to do. Number two, higher education institutions, and I quote: "I am reading from this. Higher education okay. institutions must in bold." refuse to engage in research that supports non-sustainable practices, for example, the fossil fuel industry, oh or invest God. their endowment funds in support of the fossil fuel industry. Oklahoma, what the, are you paying I, attention? Well, let me show you something. I may, I may have sent this to you, but this goes right along with what you were saying. And I, I want to I get your take on some of this language. And I was just going to point you read fast, but it's like, um, because it's exactly it's exactly what you just described at the University of Oklahoma. Let me see here. Hold on. I got. I'm technically challenged here. Um, but here it is. Look at this. So this is OU's strategic vertical institutes, right? And it says that we have. Uh, where is it? Um, they're working with Thinkonomics. I'm looking into them. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, but we have four vertical areas of research, creative, uh, creative activity focus, uh, pillar five of the strategy, right? And then look at this. This is what it starts with. Institute for Resilient Environmental Energy Systems. Uh oh Yeah. And you've got observing and predicting earth systems. transforming hydrogen in and a windmill right on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. At transforming energy and infrastructure systems co-generating community resilience and environmental justice. Is that like that thing in California where they said that they weren't going to have grid problems because you could plug your electric car back into the grid and give your energy back during a blackout? Right. right. Is that resilient? <laughs> is, that, is that what community That's resilience That's sustainability, means? right? Isn't that yeah. how you do that? But here's Even the, Bill here's, Gates is flapping his arms around and saying that this is a pipe dream now. Oh, I know. You sent me that video where he's like, well, there's no excuse or there's no, there's nothing you can do to change our, our economic system or our energy system. Yeah. He's yeah, like, the, the, he's that. like these financial people think it's just numbers on a spreadsheet. He's like, do you have something in your desk drawer that makes steel? <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. Like base Bill it's, Gates for half a second. What's going yeah, on here? Just, well, but it just goes to show you, right? I mean, but look, look, here's the next one. Here's, that was the E, right? Here's yeah. the S. Institute for Community and Society Transformation, Advancing yeah, Equity and Opportunity. Yet, it, no, it's all through this. Transformation, transformation. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it's in there hundreds of times. Yes. No, and, and look, and it says equity and opportunity, particularly in the areas of health and education. Right? And yeah. then uh, uh, social ethical challenges. And I'm just showing everybody this because um, an integrative life, life science. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you about. There's a word I wanted to ask you about. So here's the sentence. It says, this is Integrative Life Sciences Institute. Global challenges that affect human health and well-being are rooted in a complex and ever-evolving web of socio-demographic and biospheric systems. What no, do they mean? So we're mean? all going to live in that like bubble that they built like a few years ago, and then like, what the hell? What is a biospheric uh, system? Do you have any? Have you heard anything like that? Well, I'm sure that that's like you remember when they built that bubble that everybody like they put like 11 people in it to live for like a year and they like drank water made out of their own pee and all of that crap. Uh -huh. Like <laughs> I think it's like the the idea of like the carbon cycle, the water cycle. There's a biosphere, right? This is the way that that life interacts at the kind of planetary level is like the living organism aspect. Of course, this is, you're probably just going to dip right into Gaia theory with this. That, oh, it's a living organism. We have to take care of it. It's like, it's yeah. not actually, the earth is not alive. Um, and by the way, since it was on there as a super chat, I'll say, hi, Cynthia. It's good to see yes, you. Yes. Hi, Cynthia. Um, Thank yeah, you. No, I, I, didn't want, I don't want to interrupt James. So that's how I'm going to do super chats. Please give me super chats, like subscribe, follow. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be on a, on a, on a pretty big, 
uh, show tomorrow, but uh, I brought James here and he agreed to come because he's a good friend. And, um, you know, it's kind of a ramp up to that. But uh, um, I don't yeah, like to interrupt so this him. This biosphere stop. thing, though, this is Marx. Everything in Marx is that we have to transform man, transform society and transform nature so that they're fit for one another, so that they're humanized. And humanized means that they real they remember their true human uh, essence and the true human essence, of course, is communist. It's, it's yeah. a perfectly social being. That's what Marx says is the true nature of human being human rather than animal means being social being social yeah. means people pay Marx's bills for him. And that's what it boils <laughs> down to. Let me hit number three on this just so people don't crap their pants, even though it's not that. Yes. Interesting. Oh, I'm so sorry. Just I'm for sorry. No, it was interesting. I thought well, you this one's it, but... not. So, oh, okay. it, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you think is going to be there. Higher okay. education institutions should establish SDG aligned and sustainable campus policies. Of course, that develop prototypes of sustainable institutions. In other words, they're supposed to become the models for sustainability. Actually, the document's kind of creepy. It's literally in the way that churches and cathedrals used to be the center of the community and kind of orient the community. The mm -hmm. universities are now supposed yes. to fulfill that role towards sustainability. And so they're supposed to be the hub to get the whole community on board with sustainability. Like a whole bunch of people at this point want to listen to college professors about anything. Right. Like nobody right. wants to listen to a college professor about a damn thing except an 18 year old who paid way too much money to go get scammed at the college. Yeah. Like no, that, nobody wants right. to. Well, and but but I, I was saying this uh, back when you were here, it's, it, and I was kind of seeing it is that that OU is taking up Norman, like they're trying, they're 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 just branching out, and the goal is to make a nice blue moat around the university, and then just expand outward, and that's exactly well, yeah, what I you're mean, saying. So this is like what I'm thinking of when I'm when I'm looking at that is you know the university becomes the center. Well, there's this document on the Castle website um, mm. that I have. It's only a few pages. I have to go digging to find it, but it was on Castle. You know, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, and it's this document about like the challenge of installing what they call communities of practice. How mm. scary is that sound? Is like there's your SEL church, right? Yeah. And their argument is that the school, or in this case, it would be the university, becomes the center of the community, and literally everything revolves around the community of practice, or that's oriented in the school. Everything in the whole community revolves around it. So, like medical care is all kind of organized mm -hmm. through the school. Like community activities are all organized kind of through the school, and SEL is going to be a part of every bit of it. And this is sort of what I see with what you're looking at. This blue moat, like they're buying up housing properties, mm -hmm. or doing all this weird, or you know, organizing housing policies or whatever it was, with this kind of like, you know, we got to save the poor with our bad right. housing policies. Yeah, uh, yeah, home, home uh, basically low cost housing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So the model seems to be like, we're going to give you a thing and then we're going to administer propaganda to you in exchange for having given you a discount on some stuff. Right. And we're going to manage a bunch of your life needs for you so that you're in a state of dependency. Meanwhile, we're going to give you propaganda as to explain why you get those things managed. It feels very like China. Um, yes. Having been to China, it feels very like China in that regard. You know, they like pay your pay your salary or whatever, mm -hmm. which is a pittance. You work like crazy. And, you know, to keep it going, you're supposed to watch these like pro-government videos and like the TV's all like pro-government is like NPR of China, <laughs> um, which, by the way, I was watching that one time I was watching the Chinese news in my hotel room. This is a totally pointless story. But literally, just to give you an idea how gruesome that place is, though, compared to like what we consider good and decent in the United States. And there's this, my buddy's sitting there with me. He's an ex-Marine. So you can imagine that he's got no limits. Mm -hmm. And so he's, well, sorry, sorry, Marines. I know you're not offended because you don't get offended, but there are no ex-Marines. I understand. Yeah. He is a Marine. <laughs> and so he's, he's laying there on his bed. I'm laying on my bed. We're watching the, the, the news and there's this huge, one of those like 85 wheel, you know, military vehicle things it's just uh -huh. wheel after wheel huge wheels and there's this old lady standing there and my buddy's like dude 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 and i look and sure enough whack runs right over and that's on the news and it's like that's the kind of country that this reminds me of seeing this wow. stuff like well, that's but, the stuff they put on tv and that that's what i'm trying to tell people here and it, and again james Lindsay was right because he was talking about this a year and a half ago when nobody else was mentioning this stuff i mean it, it was it, that that it's a pipeline there and they're creating, you know, and Kelly Sky has done a lot of good work on this too, but it's that whole school, whole community, whole child model. And they're just expanding this uh, university community outward to just gobble you up and say, we'll take care of you. We'll do but what I want to say about what they're doing right now, we've got one point, 
$7 billion being funneled in to build a 70-bed mental health facility for children. But they provided no data, none, to show that we actually need it. Like, it's not being overrun. And they're just prepping. I I feel like they're just prepping for this, this, what's going to happen in five or 10 years. They're going to be pushing kids through SEL into this gender ideology, into the queer theory mindset. And they're just, oh, you're human capital, right? Isn't that, I mean, that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, I can't even believe that. Like they're calling them human capital and just saying, yeah, of course, we'll just, you know, skin your arm. And, and make you, you know, a Frankenstein strap on, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, and, and this is Oklahoma. And that's what I was talking to. I had billboard Chris on earlier today and, you know, he's been in Washington and he's been in Boston and great. All this. And obviously came from Canada. Right. Yeah. But I'm trying to tell, look, this is happening in Oklahoma. You're being flanked. You're being yeah. flanked. And SEL is like the first part of that. And that gets me to the governor's own very own SEL program. The well, best <laughs> that can be said for that is that they think they can outsmart it. They think that they can get above a leftist word game and they cannot. Not, I mean, there are a few people in the in the population who can beat leftists at word games. That's how I got kicked off of Twitter. I beat a leftist mm-hmm. at a word game. They got mad. They threw me off Twitter. Um <laughs> broken yeah. imaginary rule <laughs> you got made up on the spot because i won a word game with a leftist and that's yeah. not allowed yeah that's, uh, right. that's not allowed you can't do that well and, and i just but, want to make this but the point. thing You're is the is only one can't policy yeah. cannot okay. win a word game with a leftist they will win yeah. every single time i guarantee you that a leftist busybody has nothing better to do than figure out how to manipulate your policy and your values against you and so if you think that you can woke wash your your thing check off an sel box so that you can meet the requirements to, um, you know, whatever it is, the Every Student Succeeds Act reporting mm-hmm. requirement from 2015, which nobody knows that bill even exists or that law yeah. even exists, uh, or that Linda Darling Hammond helped create it and all of this crap and made sure that the SE, well, one non-academic uh, competency has to be reported on. Then who's who's Linda Darling Hammond for the for the oh Linda Darling Hammond is uh one of the she's a she's an interesting character she is um one of the earliest adopters of social emotional learning she's been one of its earliest champions she says explicitly in the foreword she wrote to um the handbook of social emotional learning and research and practice uh that it is rooted in Freire's idea of transformation and humanization, which means Marxism. Mm -hmm. And literally, that's what that means. I mean, I've covered that in extensive detail Mm -hmm. for the last year. And so she was recommended to be on the education transition team for the Obama administration by Bill Ayers, uh, the (laughs) Weatherman Underground terrorist, (laughs) who went into K through 12 activism. So Obama puts her on the transition team and then snubs her. Uh, and the Common Core guy comes in, and I'm th- trying to think of that guy's name, Arnie Duncan, uh-huh. comes in instead. And so she gets snubbed. Then Biden puts her on his education transition team, but bef- she still worked as an SEL lobbyist. And so we went Common Core instead of SEL back in 2008 and nine when Obama took office. But we could have gone the other way. Well, in 2015, she helped lobby to get the Every Student Succeeds Act passed, mm-hmm. and it requires and mandates that every school do reporting, not just on academic competence, but also at least one non-academic competency. And then she's on the board or something like she's high up, at least in Castle. And, and, and it, it, there it is, you know, that's the usual yep. lobbyist consultant grift wheel. And so she was instrumental in getting this crap rammed into the schools. Um, she's a blatant Freirian at the very least, but Marxist really. Um, and she has kind of stayed under the radar. It's very difficult to get people to do an expose of her because she's tied up into all this other stuff and nobody's allowed to criticize crossways and all of these things. But she helped get this put in so that you were required to report on a non-academic competency knowing that Castle was primed to send out an army of consultants to say, well, here's the thing that you can do that'll do it. And once you get SEL in the door, it's going to be hard to get it out. That becomes the new fad. All the money starts dumping into that because of the the mandate from the federal government. And then there's these people who think, well, I can come along and check the box and I can create a Christian-based or a values-based or a personal responsibility-based social-emotional learning program and uh, get you know check the box. 
thinking that it's not going to get turned into transformative SEL, thinking right. that they're going to be able to to build out the infrastructure and that Marxists aren't going to come in like termites and colonize the infrastructure, right. which they absolutely will. And of course, it's complicated because it turns out that I, I've given this as a talk and people freak out. <laughs> there are at least nine different types of social emotional learning. Yeah, there is a That's three right. by three grid of types where there is the the kind of level of implementation. And then there's um, so is it. So what are the levels of implementation? Do you implement it in a targeted way to individuals or small groups or maybe even a classroom? Do you implement it through the curriculum or do you implement it so as like a social emotional class and or do you do it in a systemic way? So like level of mm -hmm. of um, of integration and then systemic means it's woven into all the other subjects, into all the activities, even PE, even lunch, even right. extracurricular activities and clubs. Or even Minecraft. That's systemic SEL, which is all they're pushing for, by the way. You think yeah. you can do it in some targeted way and keep it that way. And you're going to be in for a rude, rude awakening when it's all systemic before you know it. And then because you're not going to be able to check off the box, the box is going to the bar will just keep moving. What mm -hmm. it takes to check the box will keep going down until it's systemic. Then on the other. So that's three. Right. And a three by three, you can have any of these mix and match any way you want. The other axis, the other three possibilities are um, the type. So what is the focus of dealing with people's social and emotional competence? If the schools are even like the right place to do this, that's kind of the lurking question behind it. But then the, you, first there's a personal responsibility model. You mm -hmm. teach kids to deal with their emotions and the social circumstances by taking responsibility for the mistakes they made, for the fit they're throwing, for their emotions, learn to teach them and to, to cope with it. You can imagine a targeted individual approach with a personal responsibility being very successful for kids who are at risk in the old legitimate sense of at risk. Mm, right. But then that slides down into what they call a participatory model, which is where they get them involved in civic engagement. So you now have this program. I actually had a class in high school back in the 90s where one of the things was that we were supposed to do a community service project as a class. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And this, if you read about the civic- That's normal. Yeah, if you read about yeah. the civic participation model, though, on in SEL papers and documentation, it actually says that the point is to induce a kind of civic consciousness or even a critical consciousness. But then the mm -hmm. third is transformative SEL, which is actually only really present in the past, like really strongly since 2019 or so. Right. And that's explicitly Marxist. The, why? Because it's a T word, transformative, the same transformative we've talked about already in the UN and then in the document you were talking about, like from, yeah, that, from yeah. OU. Mm -hmm. everything transformative is is basically marxist because it's it's hermetic alchemy turned into economics and politics i mean that's another conversation for another day <laughs> but transformative sel is the third leg of that and that's what, of course what they're all pushing to so up here in the one corner if you think of it like a three by three checkerboard you have mm -hmm. this personal responsibility targeted to troubled individuals and you think well that could actually be good and maybe yes. the school should invest some resources into that at least in certain circumstances and then down on the far end on the other corner you have it systematically woven into every subject all aspects of school life that's systemic and geared toward explicitly using social and emotional manipulation to create critical consciousness and apparently to dampen the cognitive dissonance involved while you conscientize somebody in a Ferrarian way to make them compliant with the uh, sustainable development goals. And people think, and I'll give your governor as much credit as possible or his family or whatever, mm. as much credit as possible. They think that they can come in with Christian principles and whatever else and lurk up in that safe corner valuable corner and it's not going to they're not getting taken advantage of that that infrastructure that they're laying that those terms that they're putting down into policy and into curriculum and into organization for the school aren't going to get co-opted by activists and dragged into that transformative systemic program which of course they will yeah at which point i mean we haven't even talked about the other purposes of sel which even the kind of good ones still fall bad. into which is yeah data mining of children yes well, that, that, data that's what i was saying about that's what i was saying about minecraft you know i there was it was a few months ago that i shared with you that uh, a document from the wef that was literally talking about how it's embedded you know sel into minecraft and it's one of the perfect ways to deliver because hey we want to make kids think it's really cool to mine minerals I yeah. mean, literally, I mean, and, and, and my, that blew my mind because that's really simple for people to understand because Minecraft's ubiquitous. You see it all over YouTube. It makes more money than anything else on YouTube. Just my, you know, my stepson sitting there watching someone else play Minecraft. And it's yeah. like, 
And, and that to him is like, it catches his attention and it, yeah. it's the most poorly graphic game, but there's something about it psychologically that just grabs these kids. And I, it has got to like hit the dopamine button, like ding, 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 ding. Right. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's got to do it somehow. Well, it's specifically kids though, too. And, yeah. and then, and then when I researched it, it's like, this has been a part of curriculum in schools, in, yeah. especially in the in states like Oklahoma for like seven or eight years, you yeah. know, since, since uh, Microsoft had it and then uh, LinkedIn had it at one point, like it's just passed around all these companies and yeah. that's how pernicious it is. And I try to tell people things like this and they look at me cross-eyed, you know? No, I mean? they think we're crazy. They think that we don't know what we're talking about. It's like, we're like actually using their real documents. And then they say, well, that's just, I actually ran into this one just, I think yesterday. That's just what somebody wrote in a document. How likely is it that that document's actually going to get put into practice? I'm like, have you seen one of their documents not get put into practice yet? Have you seen a single one of their UN prop propositions <laughs> not get put into practice? Yeah, it's like, like it's why like, do you it, think we have comprehensive sexuality education the way that it is? Oh, because the United Nations started that crap in 2003, talking right. about teaching kids to masturbate and stuff. Right. Well, it, it just reminds me of the way people sometimes approach the Babylon Bee. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, that's you know that could never happen, and it's like, wait a minute. Not that far from now, it it it, it will come true. You know, it's just. Yeah. And I, and, but people seem. I don't know if it's if it's normalcy bias. They it, they just refuse to see what's right in front of them sometimes, and that's been the big change that's happened here in Oklahoma. Because as you know, when you were here, I mean, you met a lot of great people. They, yeah. I think, a lot of them were great intentioned. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and but only just in the last two weeks, when I started showing them pictures of how they literally skin the arms of little girls to make penises. Have, have we gotten a, a response enough to scare the leadership in the Oklahoma House and Senate, which is what has happened, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I was talking to Billboard Chris about this today. It's like, no, I think, especially the people here in the middle of the country where everything's a little bit slower, you got to shock them with some things. Like, and, and this is one of those things. It's sad that we have to do that, but we have to, have shock to see them. it. Right. And it, it's, I don't know any other way to do it. Hypothetical. It's not abstract. This isn't like some stupid paper Judith Butler wrote. This is happening to children right. like now. And I think that you're right. Like in the middle of the country, and it's not just the middle, like out yeah. West too, like freaking, I'm, I know I don't want to take the, the shine off of Oklahoma here on, nope. on your show, but like Utah and Idaho are pissing me off too. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact dynamic. I just saw all this... Like, I think Idaho has the biggest drag queen problem of any state in the country, except maybe Texas. It's did unbelievable. You see, did you and see now it's the, in Utah. They're, the, the you, more, imagine more, Captain Mormon state over here, like with their magic underpants and they're loading up their kids with drag queens. Like, it's horrible. And I keep, did every you time see I the porn Utah, curriculum in, in Idaho? Uh, did, yeah. That, 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 that I couldn't believe. Like, I mean, Idaho and Oklahoma seem to have a lot of, of parallels. Just like yeah, you've you got saying. lots of natural but, gas and oil. They have lots of critical minerals. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. Wonder yeah, what why, they're trying to target. And exactly. then you have a sleepy red population that just believes it can't happen here. And then like the most radical idiots at the universities. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Super radical. The Oklahoma uh, OU has gone even further. But I just did a whole series of... of uh, stories on my Substack about OSU, which is really out in the middle of nowhere. I think it might be worse, and because it's out in nowhere, be. in the middle of nowhere, they have trans trunk, and they're they're you know putting all kinds of uh, curriculum into into the rural schools around, and everybody's like, oh, it ain't happening. That isn't happening. Yeah. And they listen to guys like you, and they know you're super smart, right? This is the way they talk. It's like, oh well, you're you're super smart, and he's obviously got a point, but. This is Oklahoma, and they just won't see it right in front of their eyes. And I think that's going to be the death nail because while everybody else, you know, you it's have to be Oklahoma X, <laughs> right? That's and I think we're super close. And if we don't not pass this bill, if we don't stop this bill, I think it's done. I, I'm I'm really scared because that this is the funding that they've been waiting for. This is what they've been ramping up for. Yeah, I mean, states have got to start. These states that think that it can't happen here, I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't want to talk like this. Maybe Oklahoma needs a uh, big forearm crafted trans penis slapped across its face to get its attention. <laughs> maybe it just has to take take one Something. on the chin more seriously to like they to actually see. No, this is going to happen, and 
like my my friends out in Idaho talked to me because I think they're a little further down this track than Oklahoma right now. Okay. And so I was talking to a friend of mine out there just a few days ago, just like a couple of weeks, I guess. And we were in person and she is about to just break down crying. And she does a ton of great work out there, you know, in, in Idaho. And she said, I can't take another kid that they've brainwashed into thinking they're trans committing suicide. I just can't take another yeah. one because she somehow has become the magnet to get all of that. Every of the, every one of those bad stories. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's Idaho. And it's like, that's going to be Oklahoma next year. Yeah, it is. Especially if this goes through, that's what's going to be the case. You're going to watch dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds of your young people, early teen years committing suicide because their brains have been scrambled by the crap that they're getting rammed through in these schools. And the parents aren't paying attention. And I mean, there, you've got a, you've got a group of dedicated people. Moms for Liberty is doing great stuff here. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to start a little group fathers defending daughters and, and just, just trying to get people aware, but a majority of people are still in this mindset that this can never go red until also just recently, the most recent poll came out. You're going to just love this. Governor sits four points behind the Democrat, according Ooh. to the polls. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And and I don't know if that is going to wake them up or not, because uh, there's also just the historical fact that they said the same thing four years ago and he won by 20 points. OK, so, you know, think whatever you want of polls. But that has seemed to wake that combined with this trans issue. But it's it's waking up the people and you're getting them to come out um, and, and say stuff. But the politicians just seem. Yeah, full steam ahead. Take all this money. And that that's what I so I wanted you to speak to a little bit that the connection between SEL and uh-huh. queer theory, you know, and and just just talk to us a little bit. But I don't need to give you a prompt for it. Just well, I mean, say, all of these social theories. I mean, what do you do? Social and emotional learning, right? Yeah. And so the whole point is that they're going to use this generative approach from Freire. What is what is a generative approach? Without getting into the nitty gritties. It's the ideas that you find, and this is what Ferrari says, you find emotionally engaging material that is relevant to the context of the learner's life. Mm-hmm. With a word for that in the common part or the modern parlance is culturally relevant or culturally responsive material. And it's got to be emotionally engaging. In other words, it's radicalizing material. So you find radicalizing material that's relevant to their lives. So you got kids, prepubescent, we'll say, right? Like mm-hmm. 12 11, mm-hmm. right on that cusp, right? Tanner mm-hmm. two or two and a half. I don't know what the Tanner stages are right at that cusp, right? To where puberty's kicking in. Mm-hmm. There's going through that moment where it's like, girls are you, if they're a boy to right. girls are the best thing that has ever happened. <laughs> and I'm scared to death of them. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> only thing better than girls is tacos, right? right? They're like, right. They're at the microwave right. burrito or something. They're right. like right at that line. Mm-hmm. And there is, what's more relevant to their lives? What are they thinking about more than all of this social Mm -hmm. interaction, especially across that the girls' bodies are changing the boys, especially you look at these 11, 12 boys. Like, so a bunch of the boys are starting to get into the girls, but you're the late bloomer boy. Right. So why are you not into girls? Well, that's a relevant issue to your life. When what does queer theory say? Well, you might be a girl. You might be gay. You might have, you might be asexual. Did you know there's a flag and a club and a whole thing and blah, blah, blah. And you can be an activist and more. Everybody will think you're a hero. You know, so social emotional learning takes advantage of the opportunity for any of this social awkwardness at whatever age regarding. And you said specifically queer theory. So it's really going to hit those prepubescent, like peripubescent. Is that the word? Like right at the cusp, Mm -hmm. peripubescent people. It's going to catch those kids right in those moments of discomfort. And those are super relevant topics for them. And so then it's going to teach them emotional management, you know, social awareness, whatever the five castle competencies are. Actually, those are competency groups. There's like 18 competencies within them or something like that. And it's going to teach them, it's going to use those, I should say, to have these uncomfortable conversations that are then going to be heavily informed by queer theory. And if the teachers are good Oklahoman, you know, corn-fed mm-hmm. Christian conservatives, it doesn't matter because they're hiring school counselors out the bunghole. And, and those people are in. straight out of straight out in the People's Republic of Norman. And yes. they're going to brainwash the kids. They're going to say, well, you know, it's very common for you people your age to be uncomfortable with your body. But it might mean that you're actually not who you think you are. Have you ever considered that you're not the girl that you thought you were? 
and that the, there are options. You can transition. You can, you know, we can socially transition you and see how that fits for you. There's going to be somebody to catch them and use social emotional learning. And the more social emotional learning there is, the more it's going to happen. The point, though, is to use that present context of their life that they're trying to navigate and to make school time about navigating those issues, not parents dealing with it at home with their kids, not maybe having a meeting with the pastor or, you know, talking to some, you know, well, my friend right. has gone through some stuff, you know, family friend or whatever the situation is that parents have, have you know, these are challenging times for all parents. Now the school's going to step in and do it. And they're going to claim that they're experts in social and emotional development of children. And they're going to claim that because of new studies that are in the queer literature where it intersects with child development psychology, that these queer theory topics are developmentally appropriate and relevant to their lives and necessary for them to introduce so that they can manage the discomfort and understand self-awareness, social awareness, blah, 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 blah. How do you feel? Oh, so-and-so transitioned. How are you going to deal with that? Well, we all have to affirm that because that's the socially emotional right answer to that. So now we're clapping for the kid that's trans. Three more kids are like, huh, I'm would just some this? basic dork. I'm just would you do Becky. This? Would you do this with bulimia? Because bulimia is a social contagion. They've proven this, right? Yeah, no, it, you wouldn't. It, that, that, in fact, not, that, that was like a whole thing. What, yeah, like trying well, to like, stop that. When I was in school, that was a thing. Right. Like we had like PSAs, like, you know, this is like right. trying to Don't, warn us from that eat. as opposed to yeah. like push us into it. But that, but just to simplify all that, like you, I've seen this as a teacher in, in middle school, and and I think that what what you're saying there is that during this sixth, seventh, and eighth grade period, which is the most uh, transformative physically it's time of your awful. life, for, yeah. from zero to four, and then from ten to fourteen, that's those are the those are the two times. But I saw this over and over again amongst girls, especially. It's one gets bulimic, and then all of them are bulimic. Like, and, yeah. and it's not because they identify as bulimic. It's not because they were bulimic as, you know, th that's who they are on the inside, right? It's because one didn't feel like they wanted, either they were trying to cope with stress or they were, did, they were heavier and hadn't bloomed yet or whatever it is they want to be. And then they decide to go vomit. Then they tell the friend about it. And it, that's how quickly it spreads in that age group. Because you don't find that kind of spread in an older age group. I mean, high school, yes, but beyond that, it doesn't spread like that. Right. Um, you and and I think is that is that an accurate description, a simple way of what you're describing here? Because it seems like that it just. But except in this instance, you would have the counselor telling yeah, it's them. Not, to, the, the difference <laughs> is it's not students having conversations amongst themselves and the right. adults trying to like, you know, intervene oh. and prevent something bad from happening. It's the adults. Right. pushing the issue they're digging and questioning and surveying and poking and prodding do you think about suicide do you think about this have you ever wondered if you know maybe that you know you like to play with da -da -da -da, so you're maybe not a boy or a girl or whatever they're poking and prodding and creating generative i mean this is why dry queens are happening it's a generative experience for the possibility of asking the question of do i really do boys really have to dress like boys or can they sometimes dress like girls that's why they don't put a stripper so they put a drag queen it's not right. because it's less provocative. It's that it's because it's provocative in the gender queering way. And gender queer is a technical term. Actually, okay. I should be more blunt if I can be blunt on your show. Yes, without do, the it. do it. The actual term they use, the actual term, this is a clinical term. Is This is what they use. You can look this up. Look it up yourself. The term for what the point of the drag queen is, is called gender fucking. It is to fuck with somebody's head about gender. Fuck with their concept of stability with gender. That's their actual technical term in their academic literature for it. So the, the, so that's that, I know this because one of the fake papers I wanted to write was going to be called fucking queer theory. And it was going to say that it's not queer enough. So I have to fuck queer theory. And it was just going to be hilarious. Like bad words everywhere was the whole point of the paper. And people wonder why we are allowing kids to have books in schools with that kind of language in it. Well, it's actually part of their scholarship, right? Those, if you read the drag queen paper that I keep drawing attention to, it says that it is a generative approach. That word generative comes from Paulo Freire. That word generative is at the heart of SEL. It is to generate the conversation, generate the issue, generate the concern and get it going for people. 
Well, and I just wanted to point out, this is Julia C. She follows me. Great. Uh, nice to see you. But she talked that we have them running scared in Oklahoma because we're, we're, we're um, bringing to light this very specific thing because it started with the books. And now it's with, with the actual surgeries that I uncovered. And the interim study on community schools, Rep. Randleman's uh, study on test scores, they, they've canceled it. And he's a former school counselor. And so, hmm. yeah, at... I don't know why they canceled it, but I'm guaranteeing you it has something to do with the fact of, of because the last two months have been about uncovering what James is talking about here with the, really just the words. The pictures are there. There are a few books that have the pictures, but all the books have the words to where they're just constantly sexualizing every situation and then combining that with some type of gender fucking. Right. <laughs> just like yeah. you explained. And how much of the literature uh, is presented that way. Um, I mean, what, the I mean, I haven't done like this sweeping survey of the queer theory literature, so I would guess it's probably a relatively small percentage is that explicit. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, six to ten percent probably at at the most. Yeah. But th that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You go back to like the most mainstream queer theory articles, like Thinking Sex, which is the first queer theory article from 1984, Gail Rubin. The first mm -hmm. things that she's complaining about is that the, they criminalize child porn, that people can't wear their fetish gear to the office, except, I guess, at the White House now. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that uh, you know, we can't have, as she calls them, cross-generational sexual relationships. There's papers about, you know, incest. That's I just saw another thing about that again today. It, can lesbian sisters... Why can't oh. they have sex? Blah, blah, blah. There's no fear of pregnancy. And so they're trying to use that as the wedge. Well, it's because it, sexual relationships are different from familial relationships. And you're going to jack up your family is why. That's why. Right. It's like that's really unhealthy behavior to start engaging in. Plus, it's like, you know, one of the challenges of raising kids, especially now, with, I was going to pick up my phone, but I have it plugged in. So it will like jerk the cord oh. uh, with these devices. It's so hard to drag kids are rightly you know nervous and scared about the broader world most of the time yeah. it's hard to drag them out into reality it's hard mm -hmm. to get them to go out and like you know go hey it's time for like big boy day you're gonna go pay for your own hot dog or whatever at the right. gas station right they freak out because mm -hmm. what if it's weird if that person talks to me you know what if they say something i don't know what to say back i don't know that person it's, so it's hard to get them to go out and now they're pushing this idea like no you can screw your sister you don't have to go try mm -hmm. to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend outside of the house. The people you conveniently already live with are good enough. And, and like, I saw, I saw a study. I saw a study just recently. Um, it was, uh, I forgot which journal it was in, but it was talking about the prevalence and normalizing um, uh, of, of incestual pornography. I oh, think yeah. it was, it was in that same, it was in that same vein of, of the, the porn literacy. Um, so there's and lots all and lots and lots of, of stuff going on with that right now. What, and it's like, dude, like what, what do the they world? think is going to come of that? That's a, that. I mean, it, what is the goal here? Because that's Des what I get. Destroy out the at. family. Yeah. Okay, good. Destroy that, the family. I mean, that's what that's, I've been saying. That's, the, that's what, what the point is. And I don't what? know if like destroying the family is an Oklahoma value now, but like, apparently from what I'm gathering, it seems to be something that your state legislature is behind. Right. Like, it, Maybe they're that, just naive. Maybe they just think Oklahoma's invincible. Maybe they think, as a lot of people do, a lot of people get roped into this, right? So they the, the offer comes. The such and such institute comes in, and they seem like a good institute. And they're like, we want to sponsor your thing. We want to give you a bunch of money to make your research load easier. You can hire some research assistants. You can do this. We're going to throw XYZ, you know, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in your direction, yada, yada. And people are like, well, what are the strings? And, you know, they're savvy. They're like, what are the strings? And then they're like, no strings. We just want you to keep doing what you're doing and doing it the way you do it. That's how they always come after you. And the people think they can outsmart these institutions. They think they can outsmart them. these legislators. think they can outsmart the federal government and their, right. their hooks or the United Nations and their hooks. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, though, is, yeah, okay, so it's different when it's a federal government. Like the strings are just there and you're not going to get around them. Then you think yeah. you can outsmart them or do it the Oklahoma way and get away from it. But you won't. But with like the people who get just to close that tab, we don't have to talk about that. But like when they come to you and offer you a bunch of money to support your program and it's like the such and such Institute or the whatever foundation, 
The strings come three months later after you've hired a couple of people that you're now going to have to fire. And your whole social circle has been enriched by interacting with those people who, by the way, will never talk to you again if you don't start making the changes. Yeah. If you say, you know what, I didn't, I thought you said there wasn't going to be any changes. There weren't going to be, or they come at you. And I think we can all think of some people who are this way, who are, you know, champing at the bit. They're smart. They're effective. They're always looking for the next great angle. And they are like, hey, here's an angle. Hey, here's an mm -hmm. angle. Here's breadcrumbs. Right. And the next yes. thing you know, you're writing legislation for the state of Florida that is supposed to combat woke in education and puts SEL straight in the middle of it. That I could not believe. That I could not believe. To sit there, and uh, you had sent me that, I, what is it, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, it, and I was sitting there, I felt like I was reading Governor Stitt's, uh, uh, you know, a Hope Rising but, SEL program, which comes right out of the Castle SEL program. I mean, but it was, that was signed by Governor DeSantis, who is publicly opposed to this crap being in the schools, because back in July, when it was signed and when it was passed, it hadn't hit people's radars yet. I don't, I don't know what Florida is going to do with that now. I mean, they've got a gigantic Ian problem right now that I think is distracting yeah. them from these things. Um, and I saw some okay. stuff from Naples earlier. It's like, whoa, Florida, like, I don't know, thoughts and prayers or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> just yes. keep going back to this religious lesson that I was delivered at this event I went to. And it feels a little weird to say it, but this guy gave this, he stood up at tangential again. Sorry, but yeah, he stood ahead. up and gave this talk. I just did a podcast about this. I'll put it out soon. Um, he gives talk and he's telling about this. He's telling about how to manage like, complicated and uncertain environments is the point of the talk but he's talking about this like really bad day in his life i won't go into the details but it's just talk a train wreck of a day like mm -hmm. it has to do with you know a uh, unborn child and something medically going wrong with it like mm -hmm. horrific day and um not in good circumstances either. it's not like oh you know we'll go down to the boston hospital and get it fit. no then we're in like you know backwater parts of the world on top of this and so this is the thing he's dealing with and he's raging against he goes back to he's christian he goes back to the hotel he's raging against god in his you know room he's angry why 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 the whole thing and then it comes into his head or heart or whatever that he's supposed to think about psalm 118 24 this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it and he said that's the moment i realized that that's a commandment ah oh. that's a command oh. yeah it is so ian florida this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. That's a command. Yeah. Good, good Same luck. thing, Oklahoma, with the fact that you're going to lose all your teenagers, like a few percent of your teenagers to this monstrosity yeah. that well, your uh, state legislature apparently doesn't have the spine to do something about. Well, and but the, what's worse about that? And, and or discernment, they, maybe. Maybe they do have the spine. The people I met have spines. They don't have discernment, apparently. Or they, they, but I think they, they think they're just a head smarter than they are. That I, I really do that. It's bravado. It's, 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 there it's, is some of that there. I mean, this you know what Oklahoma. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we know our state and the pendulum's going to swing back, but, but they, it's things like this. And this is from moms for Liberty Tulsa, Jan Stanforth uh, and Julia C. But, but she's asking here why the community schools interim study was canceled. I think I know why uh, Janice, uh, we, we can talk about that later, but I think it does have something to do with the light that we're shining on, on this whole, issue in the first place, because I've been talking about community schools with Kelly Sky. James has been talking about community schools and how all this literally goes into a system, a systemic process that gets kids from the classroom to the mental health bed to, you know, to a Frankenstein penis. I mean, that's literally, you, it's, it's that whole process, you do know? Do you know why it's whole child, you know, whole child, whole school, whole community or whatever it is, WS, so w, whole school, whole child, Risk, whole community. Yep. Yeah. Do you know why it's whole? What? Whole, whole, whole. Because it's dialectical leftism. In other words, it's, you know, Marxism and it's, it's intellectual predecessors. Hegel's whole point. Where are the opposites for Hegel, right? So the dialectic, you mm -hmm. have opposites and you unify them by lifting up to a higher level to understand them from a, a higher perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's the absolute idea? His God. It's the perspective that's so high that all the opposites are reconciled, Right. So that's mm -hmm. the idea of his God, the perspective, the idea that's so high and lofty that all the opposites are reconciled. So what are the opposites here, right? They're the particulars. So imagine this is an actual example that, that Hegel gave. If I have, say, a red delicious apple and a golden delicious apple, right? Okay. So this one's red, this one's yellow. They're different, right? Or even mm -hmm. if it's just two red delicious apples, they're still different, right? Yeah. But we can look at it from a higher perspective and say, yeah, but they're both apples. 
Okay. And so the particulars have to be understood in terms of the whole. Okay. That's why everything's holistic. You can't understand the particulars of society unless you understand their integration into the whole. In other okay. words, the collective. Right. You can't understand the role of the individual unless you understand the role of the individual in light of the collective. And so you That's have to the remove political... the individual identity and implant it with a holistic identity. So Correct. our political identity. You're no longer looking at the concept of dependence and independence. It's interdependence. You're no longer looking at the concept of uh, what would it be? Um, I had another one, but I can't think of what it was. Yeah. It's interdependence is <laughs> right. it's, it's along those same lines, though. Um the idea is that the, oh, it's collectivism. Collectivism is the, the resolution Borg. between between um, hive mind and uh, uh, individuals. So mm -hmm. society and individuals. You have individuals who live in a society. What's the, what's the synthesis? Collectivism. Yeah. And that's why they're collectivist ideologies. If we really want to get weird and get out there, I can tell you what the trans thing is. And you, like I've been reading and it's like going to blow your friggin' mind. Tell us. It is a it's not quite sacrificial. It is a right in an esoteric religion turned okay. inside out and upside down and made material, of course. So a lot of people don't know. So like a right, like a right of passage or like, like a right... R I T E. Yes. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. So a right, like a magic spell or like, you know, a religious right that you go mm -hmm. through in order to achieve something, you know? So yeah, mm -hmm. right of passage or, you know, the sacrifice or sacramental right or whatever mm -hmm. at church, a crucible, something like that. Yeah. Sure. Like, okay. So yeah. it's a right. It, mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's like a ritual that you go through. Mm -hmm. I mean, ritual and right. It's the same letter, yeah. same root mm -hmm. yeah. um, that you go through in order to achieve some kind of spiritual transformation. Mm -hmm. So listen, nobody knows the hermetic creation myth. You should go look up the hermetic creation myth. If you get a chance, hermeticism, Look okay. up the creation myth, read what it is. But the long and short, I won't go into the whole details of the whole thing, but you're going to see it immediately, is that the way that man was created is as a spiritual being. Turns out there are three levels of God. First of all, it's a trinity. There's the unbegotten, the self-begotten, and the begotten gods. Okay, And they live on three separate planes of existence. Unbegotten is the father, self-begotten becomes the son, and begotten becomes the Holy Spirit. It's begotten into the world. Okay, so that's familiar enough. It's a different religion, same sort of concept as the Christian Trinity. Okay, so the thing is, is that humans can't go to the unbegotten level, right? That's mm -hmm. God and God alone, but you can get a glimpse of the mind of God. The mind of God is self-begotten. It's okay. the self-begotten level. So you can come to understand yourself in terms of the self-begotten level because you were created by the self-begotten level and became into the begotten world as a human being, and you were created as a spiritual being. So the creation myth is how did men come to be? Well, we were created as spiritual beings like angels on some level, higher level of existence, and then the world was created, and we look down, and what's in the world? You read Genesis, the waters, right? The separation mm -hmm. of the waters. So you look down from the upper waters into the lower waters, and what do you see? Man sees his own, his spiritual body reflected in the water, falls in love with his own reflection, Decides he wants to live in that world. And so the way that it works is at the level of thought, that which is thought becomes real. So you enter into the man enters into the world and actually imprisons himself in his own body in the material world. So man's spiritual quest is to raise himself to remember that he's not a mortal thing, but that he mm -hmm. is a spiritual thing. And that the highest level of spiritual attainment he can achieve is by seeing himself in the mind of God or the intellect, the divine intellect. He can beget himself, be reborn, <laughs> born again, and oh, enter wow. in at that level of understanding. Now, listen, man, when he was originally a spiritual being in the Hermetic myth, was neither male nor female. Uh. He was both and neither at the same time. But what is trans about? What is trans about? The doctors, you were born, the doctors looked at your ding dong and said, you're a boy. Yeah. Okay. The doctor it, assigned you a sex at birth. Maybe that's not who you are spiritually. You know, Matt Walsh is talking about yeah. how it's, this is a soul. Yes, it's a soul. That's what they're talking about. Uh -huh. The doctor assigned you a sex according to your mortal coil, mm -hmm. right? And then society reified that for you according to your mortal coil. They looked at your external form, your mundane Fallen body, that's the fall of man, falling in love mm -hmm. with yourself and coming into the world. Mm -hmm. you, your fallen form, and they said, this is who you are and this is how you have to be, but you spiritually are something different. And you can get a glimpse of yourself in the mind of God. And when you embrace that, you're born again on the self-begotten level. 
But the right is to self-beget the body that you think you're supposed to have. So it's a, it's a perversion. It's a it's that it is, is trans. It's a perversion it is, of of the Christian idea of the soul and the spirit being who you are, uh, and in your body being a shell, right? And, but well, but but it's now saying we have the capability to change that, and that actually makes you closer to this hermetic god. Or, see, that's you, the you, difference. Yeah. Is the Christian and the hermetic traditions diverge at the point that. In the Christian tradition, any transformation takes place in and through Christ. It does not. Right. It's not your own project. Right. You and can't it's not a societal it. project. Right. So it's, it it's, so a, it's making it's, you take the place of God, or the correct. place of well, Christ. No, technically, take the place of Christ because you can right. only ascend to the self-begotten level. Right. So you become your own savior by seeing yourself in the mind of God and then reifying that thing in in the material world. Transition is a religious rite in a heretical i see yeah. i mean satanic religion yes well and, and this that, is that... what as sel's fostering this and and you have good christian men and women thinking they're doing the right thing fostering kids into this but then again who's satan supposed to be the deceiver right the devil is the deceiver right and, can't, and from a christian perspective satan right satan cannot create anything he can only pervert what is there and so that's, right. th that's exactly what this is it's it's taking that uh, and i think that's why it's so effective on christians Right? I, yeah, I think so. I think. I so. mean, the only people I've seen fall faster were the 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 atheists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but Christians. I mean, the, like, the the Baptists, so the, the Southern Baptists, the the Presbyterians, the Methodists. They're just eating all this up because it grabs, it weaponizes their empathy because they have to be good, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the the I guess Christianity now is being nice. That's the other part about this too. And you used to actually yeah. spending a lot of time with Michael Sobel and, you know, and, and, and all of them. And I've been watching your, your, your stuff on, on Marxism and the theology of Marxism, you know, and it's just, a, it's, it's an inversion perversion and that's, it and is. Christians are falling for it. And they I can't are. convince them not to, I, <laughs> I don't know if Michael's having any more luck than me, but it doesn't seem that way. Not much. Uh, some, but yeah. not a lot. It's, it, it's a very frustrating endeavor. So, you know, that's a very, speaking of, you know, Oklahoma is a disappointment. Turns out <laughs> Southern Baptist Convention is a royal disappointment. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just disappointed. It's like, man, I gave you guys like two years of trying to help you. And right now there's this massive, massive propaganda push to turn on me and be nasty to me. And this guy, Costi Hinn, Benny Hinn, you know, Benny Hinn, the, yeah. the lightsabers. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, I know Benny Hinn. Yeah, Benny uh, Hinn's nephew or something like that, Costi Hinn, is like, and then the, he doesn't have the same beliefs as his uncle or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, he, they've weaponized him. He's going after me like nasty. Really? All the time. See, oh, but, yeah. But, but let, let me hit that for just a second because I my I grew up on the televangelist, Benny Hinn and and Kenneth Copeland and and these guys, right? And honestly, I have a, I have, I have a big grudge against it because they, I mean, my family was broke and my dad would just give them money hand over oh, yeah, fist, the you know? money. Yeah. You know, to, to, and yeah. you know, they're, but the, I really do believe that they are a strong, they're, they're a big reason why Christians have no doctrinal backbone now. I mean, I, I think they corrupted, Might be. I think they, they corrupted and especially the Southern Baptists because you saw with Jimmy Swaggart and, and those kind of guys that would just, you know, come into your television, give me your money and, and God will heal you. And you name it, claim it kind of religion, name it, claim song. it. You're only one step away from the, from, well, if I, I can name it, I'm, I'm a girl. Yeah. Now I will claim it. You know, yeah. that I really do think is that. And so Christians really need to take a look at who they're listening to. Uh, it, it pisses me off. <laughs> something, I something feel you, here. man. I feel you. You know, well, um, I, I know you've got a hard out um, here. I Are do. we near close? Think, let's see Let, if this let's... guy's actually texting me back. I bet okay. he has. You would think well, that of all the fingerprints I've taught my phone, that the one that I actually have to use when I use that <laughs> would be one of them. Well, no, the guy hasn't texted me back, but I don't know what that's going to be. Well, but how about this? Gonna, I think I'm going to get the call either way, but. Okay, if you get the call and have to drop out, I'll just let you drop out. But, but uh, All right, yeah. Uh, is, gotta... That's okay. Uh, yeah. Or I can just let you out. But um, guys, everybody, first of all, James Lindsay is not dead. Okay. Um, he's he's here. He's actually, I think, 
in many ways much more effective because he's able you ought to you need to go listen to his most recent podcast and the work he's been putting out um it, it, to me it just seems a little bit more focused because you're not quite so distracted uh, i'm not you know, answering like everybody else's demands <laughs> i'm only answering about 20 percent of the people's <laughs> demands now instead do you feel free do you do you feel free like what's it oh like yeah yeah like if i got back on twitter i mean i don't want to go back on twitter i kind of want to troll Weird Al, they got me kicked off of Twitter. I want to call that person yeah. Weird Al forever now. <laughs> Somebody said it to me and it cracked me up. And I'm like, Weird Al, that's the name. Yeah. That's it. Weird yeah. Al. Uh, and I want to just kind of troll that person and get kicked off again. I don't really want to be on Twitter. I don't know why we're supporting a socialist organization or communist organization. I don't know why we're supporting an organization that the only reason it still exists because it loses money like eight out of the last 10 years, mm-hmm. it lost money. It's maybe 60, 80% bots. And we all know it's being propped up by the weirdo intelligence community, creepy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. why are we supporting that company? I mean, I don't know what the other ones have, have, what kind of tangles they have in that, but once known, like, why are you supporting a company that does that? And you are an unpaid, unpaid employee of twitter.com. They aren't giving you money for the engagement that you create. Yeah. You make a platform, you get engagement in return. You get to get your word out granted value, but mm-hmm. they aren't giving you any compensation for that. And if you have like, a big account, like that's the whole draw. You get about yeah. half the big accounts on Twitter to decide, or even a third of them to say, I'm done with this. There's going to be a mass exodus. That place is going to collapse. Well, Those there's a bunch of people who left when you The only reason anybody's on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. It's the only and reason it, anybody's on Twitter. And I wish I would have realized that earlier because, you know, I mean, once I got onto YouTube, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can, you can say, actually say things and, and make some money. You know, and and uh, by the way, I have to thank you for for the shout out on Tim Pool, um, right. which which massively grew my channel from like a thousand to like twenty, um, in in like a week or two. I, I don't right know. On. I mean, I was doing some decent decent content, but uh, uh, that really helped me out, and and I really appreciate that. I always say this: my my platforms, whether it's Twitter or it's this one, is the house that James Lindsay built. But I, w- I also want to say this. There are lots of people that are living in the house that James Lindsay built uh, because we all there's a lot of people that are peddling a lot of the information they got from him and doing so sometimes not for the best of purposes. <laughs> um, so and that's why I encourage you go follow new dis- discourses. He's not gone. He's more yeah. present than ever. And, uh, and I think your work, the work you're doing is even more important because you're actually out there with real people more than you were before. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And I see it in, in your writing. I see it in the stuff you're putting out that you, you seem a bit more rested, <laughs> uh, you know, and a not, being pulled, yeah. Yeah, not being pulled in, in a bunch of different areas. So, all right, I'm going to let you go because I know you got a hard call out. Everybody yep. go find him, New Discourse. I will see you later, James. Appreciate it, brother. See you. Yep. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you, brother.